And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out and welcome to October. He's Andy Shield and I'm Steffi Barnett. Today we kick off Black History Month. Uh, it's a double whammy with uh, the Brickstone My5 and Sasky. Plus those queer scientists, they're back. Uh, stay tuned, it's all coming today right here on Shout Out. That was a crisis, whatever. <laughs> I was trying to see That's how um, low I could do it. How low you could do it. Boom, 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 boom. Hello, Terry. Hello, Andy. How are hello, you, Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Terry. So. Hello, it's... Uh, October. I know. Yeah. This Where is the year the gone? Although, isn't this the year that everyone just kind of can't wait to get over and done with? Well, I don't know. After the excitement I felt coming into 2000, 2000 and what? 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 2000 and, see, I've just pushed it out of my mind so, so much so that I don't know <laughs> what year it is anymore. Yeah, I was very excited about coming into 2020. I know, yeah. So I'm worried like, about being excited yeah. about 2021. Yeah. Well, it can't, well, I say it can't get any worse. It could, but let, let's not jinx it. So. <laughs> I, mean, I think by now, uh, by now we were supposed to be sort of like travelling around in hover cars and have little yeah. sort of jumpsuits on the back and dressing in uh, are you not then, dressing Terry? in like Minecraft <laughs> Back <laughs> to the Future sold us lies Terry but it's only Steph yes, that flies around on a broom at the moment then is it yeah <gasps> well in my in my PVC jumpsuit so wow. is it nearly, nothing wrong with the PVC jumpsuit nearly Steph. the right time of year for it and all I mean we're not far off uh, Halloween no and, four weeks and, uh, which um, has been described as the gay Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I prefer it to Christmas, so um, I'm, I'm quite Do happy you? with that yep. description. Yeah. All Halloween. Yeah. All Hallows Eve. Yeah. We never used, to have, that's we never used to have it so much, did we? Um, we never it's used got, to have Halloween so much, but it's, no. it's kind of big now, isn't it? Well, I yeah, don't know, because when, when I was a kid, trick-or-treating was something that we used to do, but it was a bit safer to wander up the street on your own <laughs> as a kid when I was a kid. So that makes me sound really old. Well, so, I, mean, I didn't know say, but... <laughs> in, in Steph's day, of course, they all used to have the doors open. It's there was no such thing. <laughs> no. There was no ha- Halloween. Um, the it was th- bonfire night, wasn't it? More yes, bonfire night absolutely. was a big thing. I think yeah. um, it's more of um, the trick-or-treat's more of an American thing, wasn't it? The, um, it's been here for a while. Shops. But, it has yeah. been here for a while. Yeah. I mean, but I think any, it any excuse for candy, really, isn't Well, it? and for shops to make money, I guess. True, yeah. I do like the tradition of parties at Halloween. I think that's a mm. nice way to... Don't bet to on it this year, mate. The autumn... <laughs> yeah, well, no. Exactly. You and your five friends, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be wild. All, all dressed as Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to say pumpkins just because um, I don't know why, actually. Right. Anyway, uh, I'd make a good pumpkin. Massive, massively packed show. So, literally, I'm going to roll straight into it and we're going to go catch up with uh, uh, Brigstow. Brilliant. My five on shout out. 
Hello and welcome to Brigstow's edition of the October My Five. Um, it's Alid here again. Hello everybody, I hope you are all safe and well. Now we are in October, which does mean it is the start now of Black History Month. So you're not going to hear from me uh, for the rest of this My Five. I'm going to pass it over to two incredible human beings. The first one is Florence, who is a positive speaker for THT. And the second person you're going to hear from is Mira, another incredible person who heads up the Champions of Change program at THT, which is a specific project aimed at increasing sexual health awareness and testing within the BAME community of Bristol. Take it away girls. Hi, I'm Florence. I'd like to share my story with you. Um, 20 years ago, I was pregnant. So I went for antenatal testing. And while I was there with the midwife, the midwife said to me, would you like to do an HIV test? I was very offended. I thought, what do you mean? What, do you, what kind of woman do you think I am? Do you think I sleep around or do you what kind of woman do you think I am? I, I didn't say those words, but I was thinking it. So I was offended. But then she went on to explain to me, she said, the reason why I'm not seeing you to do an HIV test is that there is now new medication that you can take and it will stop um, your, your child getting infected with HIV if you are HIV positive. I thought about that. And then I remember that seeing it on the BBC News. I thought, okay, um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do the test. So I did the test. And then I went to my jolly way for two weeks. And then after two weeks, I got this letter saying, come back to do some further tests. I thought, oh, it's nothing. It will be diabetes or in pregnancy or something like that. So I went to the clinic. I sat down with the pregnant women in the clinic, in the antenatal clinic. A, a midwife walked up to me and ushered me into a room. And I later found out that the, the woman, the midwife was a specialist HIV midwife. There was another woman in the room and she was a specialist psychologist for HIV, women living with HIV. As I sat down, they said to me, your HIV test has come back positive. I was in shock. I couldn't believe it. I started crying. I was shaking and it took about an hour for them to console me. But what I'd like to share with you is that HIV can affect anybody. And it doesn't matter your background, your religion, your age, your sexuality, your class. Doesn't matter what background you're coming from, HIV can happen to you. You, 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 can, become, you can become HIV positive. Also, things have changed a lot now. Once you're on effective medication, you cannot pass on HIV. I'd like to share that with you. So that fear that is out there, that people living with HIV can go around infecting other people. Once they know their status and their effective treatment, they cannot pass on HIV. Um, this is Black History Month, and I'd love to share, I'm, like, I'm sharing the story with you because I am a proud Black woman living with HIV. Please be kind to people living with HIV so we can stop the stigma. Thank you. Hi, I'm Mira from the Champions of Change project at Terence Higgins Trust, the UK's largest sexual health and HIV charity, working in Bristol in partnership with Unity Sexual Health Services. 
Our group of community champions works to raise awareness around sexual health and HIV and to address some of the barriers that people from BAME communities face when it comes to accessing healthcare. Did you know people from BAME communities are disproportionately affected by HIV? For example, black Africans represent 1.8% of the population, but 34% of all people living with HIV. Chlamydia and gonorrhea rates are three times higher in the BAME population than the white population. There are many reasons for this, such as stigma and discrimination faced when trying to access services. Representation matters too. In the last 10 years, the number of BAME people in NHS Trust leadership positions has halved from 15% to 8%. We want to do something about that. Our goals are to address stigma, increase knowledge around HIV and sexual health, encourage testing, promote condoms and safer sex, and identify and address barriers. We train up people who identify as BAME to become community advocates around sexual health and HIV. We provide the training for free and will support you to do community outreach. We listen to what communities need and take this back to healthcare providers to help improve services. We provide free training to service providers and organisations working with and for BAME communities such as GPs, pharmacists, schools, faith groups and community organisations. You can find out more by visiting tht.org.uk forward slash champions. We're looking for people who want to get involved. If you want free training for your organisation, email us on champions at tht.org.uk. Do you identify as BAME and want to make a difference to your community? Become a community champion and volunteer with us. We're especially looking for volunteers who work in barbershops and hair salons or who are LGBTQ+ or are active within a faith community. Email us for more information on champions at tht.org.uk. If you have a story you could tell in five minutes, get in contact. Visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's a Black Pearl uh, by the Chatmates. So I, I did have to check because I was listening to that when, when I was putting the order together because Steph suggested uh, that one. And I thought, I'm sticking along with it. I'm going, Black Girl, Black Girl. It's not, it's Black Pearl. Black Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. Sonny Charles is the lead singer. Yeah. So, I'm going to be singing. You're going to name the year? Do you know the year? <laughs> uh, Terry will know that. 1960 something, Terry. I don't know, but I guess sort of maybe 67. Mm. It's very Phil Spectorish, isn't mm. it? It production. is, yeah. It's that wonderful mm. wall of sound. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, good old uh, 60s. <laughs> it's, it's getting further and further I, I away. I remember it, it well. It's like, it's no, like, really? <laughs> that, on, that means time's going forward. No. <laughs> but it's like, I look at the 90s as like the era of dance. Oh, good Lord, that, that's actually like three decades ago there's very whole, few occasions yeah. I feel old but when I'm working with um, people who tell me they were born in the 90s I do twitch a little bit oh <laughs> uh, well yeah and these days the noughties too it's like and I mean you can be yeah. 20 and born in 2000 at the moment yeah it's very it's true amazing isn't it yeah anyway uh, let's hand over to um, Hans and Terry do let's. I dare well <laughs> let's, let's get some news headlines
This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 1st of October. It's October the 1st and welcome to Black History Month. Confusingly, October is also LGBT History Month in the United States, but for internationally looking programmes such as ours, this gives us the opportunity to mark the amazing contributions of LGBTQ people of colour, sometimes shortened to cutiepock communities. Black History Month is thought of by many people to date back to the black power movement and the political counterculture of the late 1960s, which also gave rise to a modern gay liberation movement. But as with the history of homosexual and transgender emancipation, so the history of the Black History Month dates back far earlier than you might realise. It all begins with the work of a remarkable historian called Carter Godwin Woodson, who was born in 1875 and dedicated his life and career to the preservation of African-American history and that of the wider black diaspora globally. Self-educated against a background of a state education system that barely catered for the needs of working-class white children, let alone African-Americans, Woodson studied in his own time, eventually securing a Bachelor of Literature degree. But this was only the start of his ambitions. Woodson moved through the education system, overcoming racist obstacles to secure a professorship at Howard University. He recognised that white-dominated institutions were not interested, or perhaps not capable of providing the black population with the analysis and discussion of their history that was deserved, and so through his career Woodson worked on projects that foregrounded the black experience. In September of 1915, he co-founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. And soon after, recognising that the movement needed its own publication, so he launched the Journal of Negro History. Dissatisfied with the largest black civil rights network of the day, the NAACP, Woodson found more to his liking in the rapid growth in radical politics in the 1920s, when the Harlem Renaissance was in full swing on the east coast of the states, and black, and it might be added a very gay black culture, was on display in the new media of movie theatres and on the radio, as well as in books and magazines. Woodson continued his journalism, writing for the Negro World newspaper, which was owned and operated by Marcus Garvey, that charismatic and forward-thinking leader. In 1926, Woodson pioneered the celebration of what he called Negro History Week, chosen to run in February in America to coincide with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. The black United students and the black educators at Kent State University expanded his idea to include an entire month beginning on February the 1st, 1970. Now here in the UK in 1987, the black Jewish lesbian activist Linda Bellos was part of the team who initiated Black History Month in the UK in October, along with the Garden Akayabe Ade Sabo. Despite Miss Bellos later distancing herself from the LGBTQ movement, the contribution of gay, bi and trans black people is a central part of Black History Month in the UK. Shout out home station BCFM here in Bristol, along with many in its family of broadcasters, will be marking Black History Month. So remember, stay tuned for interest, information and inspiration. 
Tens of thousands of students have arrived in Bristol this past week to start what promises to be one of the strangest years in higher education since the Second World War. With parties, customary social events off the agenda, the feeling at both Bristol University and UWE is going to be a very different term, and the stresses on students will also be different. For freshers, we extend our welcome to a remarkable part of the country. Going away from home for the first time can be exciting but also challenging, so it's important that students know that their student union will provide counselling and psychological support services in addition to those available from national groups like MIND. Check out your Student Union website for listings on what services are available. If you think you might be experiencing a touch of homesickness, it is important to recognise that this is something normal and natural. Although there are things that you can do to help, it may be that you need to talk to someone about it and get some ongoing support. And there is absolutely no shame in that. Remember also that there is a lively student media where you can read about the goings-on of services, of, of the lives of students, and even get involved in debates and discussions. Epigram is the newspaper at the University of Bristol. Burst Radio is the university radio and podcast platform. Over at UE, the radio station is called The Hub and can be heard on 1449 Medium Wave as well as Digital DAB Radio. And finally, your LGBTQ student societies may be just the ticket to lift your spirits and provide a useful break from your studies. Check out the Student Union websites for their details and meeting times. Above all, take care of yourself and enjoy student life whenever you can. It will be gone in a flash. It sure will. Now, it is clearly shaping up to be a week of radio events. Here in Bristol, the new youth-orientated community channel, Southwest Underground, has switched on its transmitter and begun test programmes. Listeners in urban Bristol can tune in on 103.7 FM, and the reception area should be similar to that of existing stations, BCFM and Ujima Radio. Meanwhile, we are also delighted to note that the black British bisexual hero Skin from Skunk Anansi is to start her own broadcasting career as she joins a national radio network to present a 10-part series through the autumn and up until Christmas. Skin, who has fronted Skunk Anansi's political brand of rock music since the early 90s, has been asked by the national station Absolute Radio to present the series. RCS Media website reports that during the programmes, which start in October, Skin will play the songs which have soundtracked her life as well as new music that she's listening to. Speaking about her programme, Skin said, I'm really excited to be part of the team. I've always had an ambition to have my own radio show and to play various songs. There's a social and spiritual part of music that people don't really talk about that much and in this series I'll be sharing what certain songs mean to me. Expect funny stories and of course brilliant music too, from classic tracks to new music and even some electronic gems as well. If you're interested in listening to Skin, tune in to her on Absolute Radio, on digital platforms or on medium wave 1215 kHz at 10pm on Sunday nights starting from Sunday the 18th of October. For these news stories and more, check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Terry Starr and Hans Peregrine. Shout out news, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. I had to get that in. That's Step's latest uh, song. Just came out a couple of weeks ago. That's called uh, What the Future Holds. 
Uh, new album comes out in November. I didn't know Steps were still together. Yeah, well, they, they've reformed yeah. it again. <laughs> so, I don't think they split up for the last time, actually. We were back in about 2016, they got back together and did a tour. Um, and they're back again. Wonderful. Another tour announced for next year, subject to COVID, obviously. All I can think about is how brilliant that would be to hula hoop to. So, um, watch this space. <laughs> So it's like it's like Steps was back in the nineties, but yep. it's kind of modernised in the light. So yeah. Next week I've got Kylie's latest song for you. We're not gay show at Gosh, all. Gosh, I remember being on the college bus <laughs> listening to "I Just Can't Get You Out of My Head." Wasn't that the the gold hot pants era? It was. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't <laughs> complaining. <laughs> That's what Tara's wearing now. Anyway, yeah, going absolutely. straight into absolutely. it. Um, let's catch up with the queer scientists. This is your non-binary person here, hands with... Laura. <laughs> we're bringing you today's pod from Shout Out. So, what are we going to be talking about? So, we are the queer scientists. Um, me being a scientist and hands being a therapist. Um, the title is, you might well as well face it, you're addicted to love. Um, <laughs> the science of attraction and how that relates to our queerness, you know? Because science has like evolved a reason or a couple of different points of why um, same-sex attraction occurs, but I kind of wanted to highlight those and to see um, the science behind it. This is Queer Scientist talking about science. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it sounds like you're kind of um, starting on the track of like why does attraction occur in general and then also how that links to the LGBTQIA community? Yes, definitely. So... Um, why does attraction occur in homo sapiens? Well, um, the long and short of it is that some um, people say that it's because of um, our need or desire to procreate. So to mm-hmm. have sex, sexual intercourse in order to pass on our genes and traits to our, mm-hmm. um, to our future generation. Um, in human ma- mammals, we produce certain hormones that um, increase our are in indicators that we are attracted to the opposite sex. Um, and we've evolved for, to make those mate choices, you know? Um, yeah. But, like, so some of um, what Fisher says is that, like, the primary motivation systems in the brain for mating and reproduction and parenting are lust, attraction, and male-to-female attachment. And we have, or I have, a slight issue with this um, definition because although... Yes, um, sex to procreate is between what people would say between male and female attraction. That's not the only um, reason why we've evolved um, attraction. And sex doesn't always have to happen for um, procreation reasons. I know a world-leading scientist that have said that actually um, we form better actually have sex outside of the reproduction um, mm. needs. It actually form, it increases social um, connections and reduces stress, mm. which are all benefits to um, our society. Yeah, so you're talking about like sex for um, reproduction and mm. sex for uh, pure enjoyment. And, and I guess those two things, you know, can come together, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, for heterosexuals and for anybody within the LGBTQIA uh, community, sex most definitely um, in today's society is not um, just focused on um, producing mini-me's. Precisely, precisely. <laughs> um, but there are different types. Mm-hmm. And what are those, Hans? 
Well, um, upon reading, I've discovered that there are 46 different terms to describe sexual Damn. attraction. I know, right? Um, and, and that includes behaviour and orientation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, as you, a lot of you listeners probably already know, the LGBTQIA acronym stands for Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Queer, Questioning, Intersex and Asexual. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about a few of these um, and they're going to be the ones that I personally feel probably aren't talked about enough. Mm-hmm. And one that directly sort of interlinks with what I was just discussing um, is, is asexual. So asexual identity or orientation includes individuals who don't experience sexual attraction to others of any gender. Um, so they're also referred to as aces and some people who are asexual do experience romantic attraction to people of one or multiple genders so it doesn't mean that they don't want to be romantically no, connected in fact it means that that is that is the basis and foundation of their relationships is a romantic attraction mm-hmm. but actually they don't have a sexual attraction which just goes to show already that yeah, you know completely contradictory to what some basis of especially like Darwin and uh, Floyd like their theories of um, attraction and why attraction forms are completely different to mm. this kind of identity. Exactly. And then um, the other two I want to cover are demisexual and pansexual. Mm-hmm. Um, demisexual is also on the asexual spectrum and it describes people who experience sexual attraction only under specific circumstances, such as after building a romantic or emotional relationship with a person. Hey up, fellow pansexuals. We've got a term that describes individuals who can experience sexual, romantic or emotional attraction to any person regardless of that person's gender, sexual, sexuality. So they're people who are sexually interested in people sexually. They do, they may want to um, reproduce. They may not want to, but they are interested in sex. But there's a lot more going on for these people than just, um, well, to simplify it, gender. Yeah. Did you hear about, like, a couple of years ago, there was something going around about a gay gene. So, like... I did, indeed. I did some research about this, and um, there was a study done on around four... 1,777 mm-hmm. um, individuals from the United Kingdom and United US. Um, and they found that there was five autosomal, uh, autosomal loci, um, which significantly associated with same-sex attraction and behaviour. Um, their study concluded it was not just one or a mere few genes that influence the presence of homosexual behavior, but there were many, and there are many genes that we have. So, mm. um, and they established that, like, uh, the genetic architect- architecture is very complex when it comes to um, the genes that produce, that help us, well, form attractions and things like that. So, it's interesting that there is all the research around the gay gene. It's not that it's wrong, but it doesn't kind of, it thinks that it adds it to, like, there's only one gene that will cause this um homosexual behavior but it's not yeah. it's nothing like that you know I mean? yeah and i guess that's very focused as well isn't it looking at a gay gene kind of um sort of is very na- is a narrow view of of the lgbtqia um spectrum yeah. of, of gender fluidity of sexual expression of sexual attraction and also it doesn't really take into account that there is sexual fluidity amongst many many people so people who can identify initially as gay bisexual or lesbian yeah. those things can change, change and exactly. our, our, what we're attracted to can change as well so that brings us on to the, the like the third point i wanted to make so a lot some studies have been done in twins and um it's interesting because they identify the fact that nature and nurture are at play so it's mm. it can be the environment 
yeah. you're in. It can be around the people you're with. It could be anything. It's not sure. just your, your genes and your nature. It is to do with the place you're nurtured within. And it's quite strange because even in hostile environments, this theory doesn't really hold up because hostile environments too um, queer people, there's still people that come out as queer. So mm. it, it's got to be an interplay. And some people say it's hereditary. But one mm. of the... Um, Things I read, um, which has been somewhat debunked by other people, but I thought it was quite interesting to bring up with you, was the fact that um, actually having same-sex attraction in the population is better evolutionary for non-conceptive social benefits. So it promotes like pro-sociality, so it makes a population more social, Um what do you think about that? Oh, so are you saying there that for people who are having sex um, based on just wanting to have a romantic intimacy or just intimacy rather than it being focused on procreation, that that's actually beneficial? Yeah, so like it's saying that the existence of um, people who experience same-sex attraction, so that could be like you have your partner and then you you have outer relationship, what do they say, extra relationship um like sex with like some of the same sex like that and the fact that same sex relationships also yeah help okay with our sociality like isn't like our ability to socialize with people because i think it, it, the idea that it makes us more able to socialize with different types of people maybe i guess also it's, it's, it's about the fact that you're not focusing on procreation and i think yeah. that probably applies or no it definitely applies with um amongst the heterosexual community as well i think mm. it is extremely important to have sexual relationships um that are not solely focused on um on having a, a child but also i think you know it can be a way in which people bond with other people and mm. it's all about self-exploration and it's kind of also going against some sort of very stoic views of yeah. um what what sex is is apparently meant to be i mean to me that makes us that makes me feel like we're the glue like do you know what i mean we're the glue that brings the sides together of this however many sided i don't know shape that we're all like a part of do you know what i mean it's like a mm. part of a tapestry and it it binds us all together that's my own, my own elevation kind of point of view point is that sex and attraction isn't only to do with procreation and mm. same sex attraction is almost is on the same level as any other attraction. It's just attraction. It's just experiencing of yeah. um, different things when you see someone you're attracted to. And there's a lot of science that can underpin these things, mm. but they don't define it because there's, mm. is this as much. We can't really define the sexual attraction and the needs or the, the ability to have sex outside of just the procreation ri- um, rituals it's important that like we identify the fact that homosexuality is a natural act and the attraction is a natural thing and it can happen to anyone in any place at any time. Yeah. Um, and also it's completely acceptable to not want to procreate and yeah. to only ever want to um, either be in relationships or to have sex with people in or out of relationships for um, fun or other reasons. Mm. But that's what we've got for this week. Um, this is our part one. Part two will be coming up on my website um, and it'll be under our queer scientists. And we'll be inviting the guest Sarah Cook, who has done um, biology. She's an amazing queer activist and person. And she'll be coming to talk to us about her points of view and mm. some of the maybe the genetics that are underlying some of the theories that are out there so say goodbye huh? goodbye for now goodbye for now this is your queer scientist <laughs> bye, bye.
shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Hey everyone, now for those of you who know me, I am all about the positive promotion of LGBTQ plus uh, communities and how we promote ourselves within the wider society, particularly around education. So today I feel that I have got a special guest who is multi-talented, but also someone who I would say I've got the big guns in today when it comes to LGBT inclusive education. Now, this person is uh, an equality training and education specialist. Some notable achievements include the fact that they are the current chair of Proud London Councils, which is a pan-London forum for LGBT plus staff networks in local authorities. They are also the founder of Pride in Education, which is a conference that we are going to be talking about today. And they're going to be telling us more about how they become lesbian role model of the year through Stonewall. Please, everybody, it is with great pleasure that I welcome Lila Elmutui. Lila, thank, how are you doing? Thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you so much. It's, it sounds like very impressive, but really that's not how I feel about myself. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honour to talk to you today. Oh, no problem. Listen, it's an honour back because you are multi-talented and, you know, you do so much to change the face of LGBTQ plus inclusive education. Um, you know, let's start with Pride in Education, of which you are the founder of. I believe. So yeah. you know, what, what prompted you to start Pride in Education? The pandemic. Right, absolutely. Tell me more. Tell me more, Lila. <laughs> well, basically, there was a, a rise in hate crime uh, through the pandemic and there wasn't anything really being reported about the impact of the com- pandemic on the LGBTQ plus population. And a friend of mine who works at Metro uh, deals with young people as a counsellor and she reported a huge increase in safeguarding incidents like kids stuck in homophobic households, mm. um, um, transphobic households and um, kids were, you know, contemplating suicide and I thought we need to do something. So I rang Sue Saunders, who's mm. the... Um, the grandmother of queerness. She absolutely is, and she will love you for saying that as well, won't she? <laughs> yes, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's been she's been running LGBT History Month and schools out UK for forty five years. So mm. I couldn't really think of. And I said, let's have a conference. And literally in thirty days, we got thirty panelists, um, six webinars, a thousand and eighteen people registered on Pride Day. Amazing. So, so yeah, and and the conference was really looking at. Every aspect of education, primary, secondary, further education. And we also had like a panel specifically dedicated to um, LGBTQ people who are seeking asylum. Mm-hmm. And we don't call them asylum seekers because it's it's degrading. They want to be referred to as people seeking asylum. And we actually raised £520 for uh, African Rainbow Family mm-hmm. and £676 for Let Voice Be Heard, which is a group of 75 um, uh, gay men from Pakistan and uh, Bangladesh who wow. are seeking asylum in the UK. So, yeah, it's, it's been really, really good. And then it was so brilliant that we thought, well, let's see what the people want. So we did a survey and they liked, the feedback was positive and we've got the next one on the 3rd of October. 
which yeah. you are chairing Yay. the secondary school panel, Saski. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I am. And do you know what? Even just hearing about it then from, from the first conference, um, you know, it just goes to show people think pride in education just about literally the education, but it's educating everyone. And that's why it's a global event as well, isn't it? So it's opening yes. it up to, uh, it's obviously virtual, particularly because of the pandemic, but it's a global event so it can have such a wider reach. So we've got someone from America, Norway, Spain, Nigeria. So it's fascinating to see how people are including uh, and celebrating LGBT plus lives. But for me, what motivates me is the impact of the well-being on the well-being of young people, mm-hmm. uh, young LGBTQ people. And because of the pandemic and the schools were closed in the UK and, and around the world, actually, the kids have missed out on some of the learning if they haven't had the support they needed in home education. So celebrating LGBT History Month or, or doing extracurricular activities has been put on the back burner. Mm. So now more than ever, we need to continue queering the world. <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't couldn't agree w- uh, with you more there, uh, Lila. And uh, speaking of all your, your hard work and everything that you're doing, um, you know, you you won lesbian role model of the year from stonewall and that was this year i mean that's that's fantastic you you must be honored in the first place but i mean tell us a bit about some of the work you were doing leading up to that nomination it was queering local authorities so i was working for tower hamlets council and i revived a, a dormant forum for lgbt stuff plus but i also did the bame network the disabled network, the women's network, like I go Amazing. all protected because we have multiple identities. Like I'm a woman, I'm a lesbian, I'm That's also true. Arabic, you know. Um, and then I got yeah. 30 local authorities together and I created Proud London Council and we helped several local authorities actually set up their very first LGBT staff network, but also influence um, things like supporting, you know, rainbow crossings and yes. flying the flag and the, the, the power of local authorities in the UK um, can actually change quite a lot. Absolutely, because it ripples through, doesn't it? And when you're talking about, you know, intersectionality and we're in a multicultural society, a multicultural world, you know, but, you know, where we can really start putting that focus in especially around uh, local authorities it's going to have such a massive and a quick effect isn't it because it's it's literally the heart of communities you know for local authorities hopefully but the thing is people who are running the lgbt staff networks in local authorities are expected to do it voluntarily in addition to their substantive post so it's very much relying on the goodwill of the people and no one gets paid including myself for running that forum quarterly but hopefully things will change Uh, let's just talk about visibility and the importance of that because you know you're from an arabic uh, background you know that there are a few lgbt plus arab people out why do you think that is only a few and and what kind of words of encouragement would you you offer to someone who may be struggling with self-acceptance that's a very good question, Saski. Thank you. Um, yes, I think the first thing that I would say is make sure you're safe. Yeah. You know, um, an Arabic background could be from a variety of religion and, and things get better. And it's very difficult because of the pandemic. Our social aspect has been, you know, reduced to say the least. But just make sure that you hook up with people that you identify with to strengthen your sense of identity. Absolutely. And I think that, yeah, that's it for everyone, isn't it? You know, stick around the positive people that are really going to support you and be there for you, uh, especially 
during the pandemic is what we all we all need to take away with us so just before you go Lila um, I just want to say thank you very much for, for being my thank guest thank you for today. having me um, totally love the work you're doing you know a woman after my own heart in so many ways in so many ways and I can't wait to chair on Tuesday, uh, on Saturday rather but tell people where can they uh, how can they join you know for the link prideineducation.co.uk all one word prideineducation.co.uk super easy hashtag prideineducation2020 and we're all over social media and hopefully be there or be square absolutely couldn't again i'm gonna say how many times can i fit in couldn't have said it better blimey listen thank you so much lila i look forward to uh, saturday's event it's all about mate, raising awareness for a good cause you're amazing keep up thank you thank, thank you. you i'm honored thank you For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. Uh, the Devil Don't Go. Where the Devil Don't Go. That's sorry. a very Halloween-y song there, Andy. Yeah, that's by uh, L. King. I like uh, it. E-double-L-E. Yeah. Oh, L. King. L. King. Oh. Yeah, it actually came out in 2016. Another oh. one of those, you know me. Like I, I hear something on TV and out comes the phone, Shazam, and I like it. It's kind of like a boppy one. That's it's very, very good. It's it warming is, up. yeah, and very country influenced, I think. Yes. Yeah, she, yes. she, a lot of her songs are that kind of style. Got that vibe. Yeah, country rock. Um, yeah, I was having listened to some of the tracks off the album that that song because that's not one of her main songs. Um, but oh. you know, it's a it's a it's a really cool one. Hey, the closer we get to Halloween, the more I'm thinking um, that the True Blood theme tune should uh, sneak its way into our <laughs> oh, playlist. I think oh, definitely, yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that that is a banger. <laughs> and if you want a bit yes. of blood and gore, watch um, Bad Boys on <laughs> Amazon. It's yes. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, all about, about it's all about superheroes who are not so hero. <laughs> They're more kind of like megalomaniac, nasty people. <laughs> and there's a bunch of bad boys. So they're like the a group of Deadpool's. Um, on acid. No, because no? Deadpool's okay. really cool, isn't yes. he? No, no. Imagine like you know, um, you just can't be bothered with humans because they're okay. so. So Deadpool you. and the Joker had a baby. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. That that kind of thing. It's really really good, um, and it follows a bunch of guys who are trying to stop them. Um, and that kind of thing. So season two's just started. It's about six or eight weeks in. Excellent. And um, a new series of Star Trek Discovery and oh. Mandalorian are coming up this month. Wicked. This month, aren't yes, they? Really? October. Oh, yeah. amazing. Um, and it is um, rumoured, if you're a um, Star Trek Picard fan, because mm-hmm. you know we've got Discovery over on Netflix and we've got Picard got on... Um, at Prime. On yes. Prime, yeah. Um, when Picard comes back, it's rumoured Kate Mulgrew is doing a cameo and going to come back as um, oh. her Voyager character. Oh. Um, and if it's well received, she might get her own series. So we might have a Star Captain Trek. Janeway. Star Trek Janeway, yeah. Yes, yeah. Too many Well, we all need to be more Star Trek and definitely be more Vulcan. 2020 has been a testing year. If we were more Vulcan, I think it would have gone a Do bit better. you think better. so? More logical. <laughs> more logical. More about things. Far more yeah. Just have meditated the whole way through kind yeah. of thing. The yeah. problem is Marth writer stops me doing the Spock thing, live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to peel my fingers apart. That's right. I'll get you some plasters later. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it doesn't look as cool, does it, when you're actually no. holding your fingers apart? <laughs> Some people can't do that, you know. No, I, I've always no, been able to do it. it's genetic, isn't it? Is it genetic? Yeah, yeah. it's the same as rolling you... the tongue, apparently. Oh, is yes. it? Mm-hmm. Yes, No. That was fascinating. The queer scientists feature this evening was very, very interesting. Oh, I'm glad you thought so, Terry. Yeah, well... I'll pop the check in the post. Yeah, well... We'll have to have a chat about that, Hans, at some time. Maybe there's an After Dark in there, one of our extended programmes. Yeah, Yeah. fabulous. Indeed, that'd be good, wouldn't it? (laughs) There Uh, we are. Anyway, uh, that's it for this week um, as we kick off Black History Month, uh, but there's still loads more to come. Check us out on our website, shoutoutradio.lgbt, which is also where you can contact us if you're interested in getting involved with the show. Uh, as always, we're back next week, live from 7 here on BCFM uh, and our supporting stations. More info about that, check it out on the website. From myself, Terry, Hans and Steph, say bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye now. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.